welcome to Easy, Easy Bake Takes, the podcast, where we read you the one-star reviews of your favorite movies and more. My name's Kat. And I'm Riley. And this week and next week, we're doing Pixar movies. Lighthearted but emotional is just something we needed, I guess. Mm-hmm. And this week, I picked Turning Red, which came out in 2022, is rated PG, categorized as a family slash comedy, and is an hour and 40 minutes long. The plot of Turning Red, if you haven't seen it, is in 2002 Toronto, 13-year-old Mei Lin Mei Li, who lives with her parents, Ming and Jin, helps take care of the family's temple dedicated to their ancestor, Sun Yi, and works to make her mother proud. She hides her personal interests from Ming, such as the fact that she and her friends Miriam, Priya, and Abby are fans of the boy band Four Town. One night, when Ming, who is strict and overprotective, discovers May's crush on Devin, the local convenience store clerk, she inadvertently humiliates May in public. That night, May has a vivid nightmare involving red pandas. When she wakes up the next morning, she has transformed into a large red panda. She hides from her parents and discovers that she transforms only when she is in a state of high emotion. When she reverts back to human form, her hair remains red and she goes to school in a toque. Ming initially believes May is experiencing her first period, but learns the truth when she humiliates her at school, causing May to transform and run home in panic and tears. Those scenes are so hard to watch. Because they're so true to mm-hmm. life. <laughs> mm-hmm. Ming and Jin explain that Sun Yi was granted this transformation to protect her daughters and her village during wartime and that all her female descendants also had this ability. This became inconvenient and dangerous in modern times, so the red panda spirit must be sealed in a talisman by a ritual on the night of a lunar eclipse, which will take place in a month's time. May's friends discover her transformation, but take a liking to it. May finds that concentrating on them enables her to control her transformation. Ming allows May to resume her nor- normal life, but refuses to let May attend Fort Town's upcoming concert. Instead, the girls secretly raise money for the tickets at school by exploiting the popularity of May's red panda form while lying to Ming about how May is spending her time. To raise the last $100, May agrees to attend school bully Tyler's birthday party as the red panda. At the party, May is upset to discover that the concert will be on the night she is to undergo the ritual. In her rage, she attacks Tyler when he insults her family, frightening the other kids. Ming discovers May's activities and accuses her friends of corrupting and taking advantage of her. Ashamed of her actions and afraid to stand up to her mother, May fails to come to her friend's defense. To Ming's dismay, May's grandmother and aunts arrive to assist with May's ritual. As May prepares herself, Jin finds videos she recorded of herself as the Red Panda with her friends and tells her she should not be ashamed of this side of her, but to embrace it. During the ritual, as May's Red Panda form is about to be sealed, she decides to keep her powers and abandons the ritual ritual to attend the concert at the Sky Dome. In making her escape, she breaks Ming's talisman, releasing her red panda form as well. At the concert, she reconciles with her friends and discovers that Tyler is also a Fort Town fan. However, an enraged Ming, having become a kaiju-sized red panda, disrupts the concert intending to take Mi back by force. Mei and Ming argue about the former's independence. As they quarrel, Mei accidentally knocks her mother unconscious. Mei's grandmother and aunts break their talismans to use their red panda forms to help drag Ming into a new ritual circle. Mei's friends and Fort Town join in, singing to complete the ritual, sending Mei, Ming, and the other women to the astral plane. Mei reconciles with her mother. She helps her mend her bond with her mother, whom Ming accidentally scarred in anger before her own red panda form was sealed. The other women contain their red pandas and new talismans, but Mei decides to keep hers, and Ming accepts that she is finding her own path. 
Later, as the Lee family raises money to repair the damages to the Sky Dome, Mei and Ming's relationship has improved. Mei balances her temple duties where her red panda is now an attraction with spending time with her friends who now include Tyler. The end. I love how it's the end. They're just going to... And now Tyler is not to not to be left out not to be left out <laughs> that's so fucking funny four town does slap though mm-hmm. i go oh i get it i get it Do you know billy eilish and her brother wrote the music for four town no they didn't mm-hmm. they did that mm-hmm. is that's fantastic i love that they did a great job yeah they did yeah but this movie was directed by dom ishii who also directed the pixar short bow that played before incredibles 2 if you remember yes i cried i love that little short it's so good it was so jarring the first time you see it when she eats him yes <laughs> the, you know but yeah. it's 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 such a good short mm-hmm but this movie was co-written by Julia Cho and Dobi Shi, who also had the story by credit, and Sarah Stryker also had a story by. Cast includes Rosalie Ching, Sandra Oh, Ava Morse, Mai Trey, Ramakrishnan, Haiyan Park, Orion Lee, Wei Ching Ho, Tristan Alaric Chen, and James Hong. The budget for the movie was $175 million, but it only made $20 million at box office because at the last, maybe not the last minute, but Disney decided to put it on Disney Plus instead of having a theatrical release like originally intended Mm -hmm. but i have some trivia Mm -hmm. the tagline there were two the first one is growing up is a beast and the other one is unleash your wild side love it those are Mm -hmm. both very good i also wrote down because it seemed like this was getting lost on some people what i thought like the themes of this movie were or like the messages okay one your parents are human Mm -hmm. two be honest with your kids. Three, puberty is stressful and scary, but can also bring out the best to you. Unconditional love, breaking generational curses slash trauma. Yep. Losing yourself within like the puberty process, you know? Oh, yeah. All the stuff getting taken off her walls just, you know, for her not to destroy it. But like, I think it's symbolic. Mm-hmm. And then friends are very important. They help you get through shit like that. <laughs> In a way that you're, sometimes your family can't. Yeah. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. That's, That's what, what friends are for. for. So those were just some things I wrote down because I felt like it got lost on some people. They were just like, it's about periods. <laughs> yeah. No, it's fucking not. <laughs> That's part of it. Sure. It's it's about puberty for sure. Yeah, but it's it, just about puberty it's as about a process. change and grow, eat process yeah. and growing and, and, and the, yeah, yeah, all the other things you said. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, back into the trivia, the family's temple was inspired by the book Kai Temple, which is a historical landmark in Marysville, California, that was built by the local Chinese community in 1880, and a special thanks is made in the credits to the, the temple. That's nice. The family's nickname for Mei Lin, Mei Mei, is Mandarin for little sister. Aww. The red pandas guarding Maylin's family's temple are based on Buddhist neo-guardians. One has its mouth open, the other closed, symbolizing the birth and death of all things. Ooh. Several Pixar anima- animators visited locations... Or- animator. <laughs> <laughs> Several Pixar animators visited locations around Northern California, gathering inspiration and visual references. The design and animation were inspired by anime works. To capture these anime influences, hand-drawn 2D animated effects were added atop Pixar's 3D animation. The visual style of this movie is oh yeah it's it's gorgeous it really is and then the production for this movie lasted four years which is the fastest pixar film production currently oh wow four years okay because i knew they were getting faster with their works but still four years that's take some time wow Mm -hmm. the approach of using more personable stories followed from luca under pixar's new chief creative officer peter doctor's oversight which shifted the direction the studio took with both storytelling and film production which i thought was interesting because there was noticeably a shift in like 
the types of stories they were telling at a certain mm-hmm. point. Like Luca, I, I don't know if you've seen Luca. I haven't seen Luca yet. But it is a much more like internal turmoil more so yeah, than... Yeah, because like Soul is about like the little things in life, loving mm-hmm. the little things in life mm-hmm. compared to like, let's say Finding Nemo, which is about a fish trying to find his son. Yeah. I, I Okay, I get what you're saying now. Mm-hmm. She was the first woman to solely direct a Pixar film. That's awesome. The film's creative leads were also the first all-female team for a Pixar. That's amazing. Chang, the voice of May, initially provided the scratch vocals, which were the reference vocals for like when they were doing storyboarding and they needed a voice. And after auditioning various voice actors, she and Collins realized that they had fallen in love with Chang's scratch vocals and couldn't imagine anyone else as May. And Pixar's Peter Doctor personally approved Chang's casting. Aw, that's so sweet. I love that. Yeah. The voice acting for this film was done remotely since the production started right before the onset of the pandemic. Dang, so like, how do you even do that? Because they they just send you a kit. Build it right. (laughs) Yeah. I'm sure someone comes over and sets it up. I think at the beginning of the pandemic, they probably just were like, we're going to leave this at your door. Yeah. To a smaller degree, there have been podcast that i listened to where like their audio engineer was just like i'm gonna drop off the equipment at your house yeah um you can facetime me we'll set it up together okay yeah yeah she was also inspired by my neighbor totoro in creating an quote iconic grabbable giant animal that you just want to rub your face in end quote (laughs) i love that and the nintendo games such as earthbound pokemon and the legend of zelda have also been cited as a major influence for the film which i just think is so fucking cool yeah that's awesome every fact is like just like oh that's perfect that's amazing <laughs> like a course <laughs> yeah she explained to the boston globe quote we wanted to make a cuter version of the incredible hulk it's hairy and awkward and red red like menstruation red like the color you turn when you're angry or embarrassed or crushing after a boy or girl at school it was definitely the color i felt like i was the most most of the time i was a tween it just felt like the natural form that may's puberty took end quote absolutely which is 100 just... makes sense it's so <sighs> This movie makes you like feel seen, <laughs> like it, as a tweet. It really does. It really does. And I'll no, I'll wait till we get there, because <laughs> I have some gripes with <laughs> with people. <laughs> I love how you said that. Lou oversaw the production of the food scenes as she had done for Bao. They partnered with the nonprofit organization Gold House that specializes in promotion of Asian and Pacific cultures to identify what foods to include. For rendering the foods, they were inspired by the approach that Studio Ghibli had done with foods in their works, as well as exaggerating their look in the same manner that Sanrio uses to bring cuteness into their products. And the way the film The God of Cookery showed food in a dream glow. I love animated food i love that it went this far mm-hmm. in the lead up to the film's release disney partnered partnered with mozilla to promote the film via the firefox web browser as red pandas are also known as firefoxes users on mobile and desktop are able to apply custom backgrounds and themes within the browser respectively so they had like a whole firefox like turning red red panda themed browser oh that's so cute yeah and then one of the red pandas at the san francisco zoo was renamed Mei Lin on the day of the film's release. Aw, that's cute. And then Air Canada decorated an Airbus A220 with images of May and her red panda form to fly over Canada promoting the film and also had a contest for the public to attend the premiere in Toronto and win special prizes. I remember someone talking about this and again, it just goes back to like, I'm just so sad it didn't get released. In theaters? In theaters like they had hoped. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 
that's what, like that, that's crazy though like that's a whole fucking yeah. play man <laughs> <laughs> But something that I'm very excited about, a manga focused on Fort Town titled Fort Town for Real, the manga is set to be released by Viz Media in 2023. And I'm so fucking excited, dude. It's going right up here. You gotta show it to me when you get it. I will. I will. I'm so excited. That's awesome, though. That's like really funny. Yeah. The last trivia fact I have is a little, little sad. Oh. The decision to cancel the film's theatrical release and instead release it on Disney Plus was met with backlash from the film's animators who saw the move as disrespectful to their hard work. One of the members of the film's crew spoke out anonymously, claiming, quote, We're all feeling extremely disappointed. Until today, we all thought Turning Red would be our return to the big screen, and everyone at the studio was excited about this project in particular. It was quite a blow, end quote. And then the film's director, Domishi, also spoke out against the decision, saying, quote, We made this movie to be seen on the big screen, end quote. That's so sad. Yeah, they could have waited a little longer. The world was up and running by then. I, I can tell you right now, Texas was. <laughs> Texas. Yeah. Texas yeah. was kind of back in full swing. Not that they should have been, but when, yeah. When did, when did Dune come out? Because I remember seeing that in theaters. <laughs> I'd better drop me off Austin to go see that movie. <laughs> I did not want to see that movie. Dune came out in October of 2021. I don't understand why it wasn't released in theaters. That just sounds... Yeah. I would, I'm also upset by that. Yeah, that's, that would feel like a huge slap in the face. It would, yeah, absolutely. What were your thoughts on Turning Red? I love this movie. I loved it a lot. It's such a, I want to say milestone. Yeah, it's, it's a very important movie mm -hmm. to happen. Definitely, for many reasons. It's pivotal. Yes, very. For many reasons, of course, one of them being like, they actually talk about puberty. They actually show pads and tampons just for a, a second. Yeah. But it was still important. It's a movie that's talking about these things and normalizing it. And I think that's just so important. And I'm glad this movie did it. They did it in such a great, funny, sweet way. Yeah. And it was just wonderful. I love this movie. It takes you back. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely takes you back. It does. Yeah, what you were saying earlier, like, it, it, it Pixar is changing its stories where it's less action and adventure and more like internal journey yes and not to say there isn't action in this movie there's a whole Godzilla fight scene at the end exactly exactly <laughs> exactly mm -hmm. But uh, I do see how Pixar's changing in that way. I love it. And I think it's a wonderful direction. Oh, yeah. Like emotionally touching in a different way mm -hmm. than, say, like... Finding Nemo or... Yeah. Or Up. Yeah. They're a lot more, like, relatable on a personal level. Yeah. Not all of us understand what it feels like to lose a child or lose the love of your life mm -hmm. and have to, like, start life over. We don't mm -hmm. all understand that, but at least half the population can understand going through puberty as a preteen girl. And, you know, arguing with your parents and... Being misunderstood by being them. Being misunderstood, exactly, and mm -hmm. just growing up. Yeah. Most people understand or have been through that, so... Yeah. This movie's very special in that way and definitely is a game changer i want to maybe a game changer is a good word yeah. for it i would say maybe for pixar yeah a lot of coming of age movies depict probably what well i don't know i think i get what you're saying like it doesn't capture the experience as well as like this one does it feels more raw yeah <laughs> so i don't know it is it truthful very yeah. truthful very accurate 
Yes. Yeah. That's a good way to say it. It's just how accurate this movie portrays that part of life, you know? Even outside of puberty. Like, just yeah. being that age. Yeah. Like, being a dorky little kid. Yeah. It's... Yeah, exactly. And it's... Mm-hmm. I think that's probably the best word to say, how, how accurate and truthful and, yeah, relatable <laughs> it, it is. So, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah. Is there anything else specific you had to say? Uh, not specific. Mm-hmm. The first thing I wrote is that pre-puberty to post-puberty self-confidence drop is real. Being more aware of your existence is like the best way I get I could describe it. And hating it. <laughs> being like, yeah, like being like hyper aware that mm-hmm. other people can see you. Like and judge you. And they have opinions. Yeah, so like, they have opinions about you, yes. It is terrifying. Middle school is a difficult time for everybody. Oh, no one's having fun. No one should be. No one should be. That's the whole thing. You're sitting there thinking, I did. You peaked at middle school. (laughs) (laughs) I also said that there's a very clear target audience for this movie. The irony of parents not wanting to talk to their kids about puberty, but this movie literally shows what happens when you don't teach your kid about what happens to them during puberty. Exactly. Not having conversations and not being... Hiding things from them. Feeling like, oh, they're not They're not ready. They're not ready. Oh, they're not ready. They're not ready. They're not ready. When are they going to be ready then? I mean, fucking... Oh, my God. I think the whole point, like, people complain, like, oh, my six... Like, in my opinion, it's not a big deal. It does not need to be something that needs to be hush-hush until they're ready or when they start. I mean, it doesn't need to be talked about all day long, but it's something that is so, like, this happens. It happens to half of the people on this planet every month. It is something so normal. Yeah. I mean, it's the same as, like, bathroom talk. Like, it's just... Yeah. It's a bodily function. It's a bodily function. Like, I don't, it shouldn't be so, like, my child doesn't need to know about that. Yes, they kind of do. Like, do a little bit. They're acting like the mom from Carrie, you know? They're acting like Karens, (laughs) is what they're acting like. But yeah, they're acting like the mom from Carrie. Like, yeah, I'll need to calm down. Like, the more you normalize it, the easier that that whole process is going to be and less confusing and scary. You know how scared a lot of people are when they first start? You got to remember, you were in that spot once. Wouldn't you have liked to know what was happening? to your body doesn't your kid deserve some like forewarning that that's going to happen yeah the other thing i had written down was <laughs> uh, no you're good it's it's one of those movies and that's why i wanted to get those points out of the way too just so we don't spend the whole time talking about this amazing amazing movie on that exactly exactly but the other thing i wrote is like the range of emotions she has after her mom embarrasses her at the convenience store where she's like okay well she like contemplates moving out and then <laughs> she, she she's like walking back and forth and she like looks in the mirror she's like you are her pride and joy you are her you are her daughter you are her everything you're her pride and joy god i love that (laughs) the mother-daughter relationship like the depiction of it in this movie is so relatable it's i think it's in one of the audience reviews but they're like this is like the pixar's ladybird yeah yeah (laughs) oh my god that's such a good way to put it (laughs) also said that the animation is beautiful because it is it's a gorgeous movie it's pixar it's very vibrant too like the colors in this are so like saturated i love it too like Mm -hmm. i love the, the color scheme yeah. And then the last two things I have, one is extracurricular activities or how I also got away with doing things after school. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, mom. <laughs> um, and then the other thing, which I just loved 
was the aunties coming in. Yes, I love that too. That was hilarious. But they're just like my Malaysian great aunts. Every time I see them, it's literally like, oh, she looks just like her dad. Oh, she looks just like her mom. Like, look at that <laughs> face. And they're just like all over you and yeah. all the loves. And it's so great. I loved the depiction of that because it's so relatable. Yeah. But do you have anything else that you want to add before we move on to the critics? Uh, not right now. Okay. So I, I guess I'll get the points that boiled my blood out of the way. I don't think they were in the, they were more in the audience reviews that I found than the critics. Mm-hmm. It has a 95% from critics on Rotten Tomatoes and like a 70% from audience. That sounds wrong. It is. There's no, there's no way. I, I feel like that, yeah. I'll explain. Yeah. Um, <laughs> one that I saw a few times was there's no material in there for boys. It feels almost hostile to boys. Fucking not everything. Do they need everything? <laughs> <laughs> Do they need everything? Can we not have one thing? Yeah. Just show your kid Luca, okay? That is the boy equivalent. It, it, it Like, literally. Like, you, you act like that. it never happens. They literally came out with one. Yeah. And then this one just, it's, it just sounded like people who were not dorks at any point in their life. Mm-hmm. They just called all the preteen girls cringy or unfunny. I'm sorry. Every preteen girl is a little cringy and unfunny. It's just echoing, like, how people just hate teenage girls and they hate on everything they like, but mm-hmm. everything teenage girls like is ends up being like this really cool thing yeah and then the other one obviously it was period yucky okay d- don't watch this then there was some like straight up racism oh yeah i that's what i assumed yeah <laughs> was like a good chunk and then they said that the movie was teaching kids to disrespect their parents and i would say by the end may is has a very mutual respect with her parents yes one other critique is like upset parents feeling like the movie was too mature for like you know showing her having like a crush on a boy and drawing her fan fiction about him. okay that shit was funny that shit <laughs> it was, was hilarious so funny they oh didn't show God. anything you know and a kid's not gonna get that you know it's one of those things. But they were saying it should be rated PG-13. Okay, y'all are ridiculous. Y'all are stupid. Yeah. Learn what PG means. You as the parent, you decide what your kid can see. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. But I made sure to get only reviews from women on this one. Yay. To be fair to this movie and what it's about, I think women's perspective, whether it was a positive or negative review, is a little more impactful. Mm-hmm. The first one I have is from LA Weekly by Lena Lacaro from April 5th of 2022. And they said, quote, directed by Domi Shi, the film succeeds in conveying the emotional turbulence of adolescence and the burden women face once they realize they're going to bleed every month. But ultimately, it's a turnoff due to the mom's character who is over so over the top prote- protective. We found ourselves yelling at the scream for her to back off several times. It's hard to watch Ming's messy and just mean mothering, even when the movie tries to redeem her backstory. Still, Turning Red is a great is great to look at thanks to Pixar's latest technology, especially the panda whose cuteness quotient is so big it becomes a plot point and the high point of the movie end quote i i get what they're saying about the mom yeah but it's not like a mom like that doesn't exist it's relatable for a lot of people to see her on screen yeah and yeah it seems a little harsh sometimes and especially when she's embarrassing her like it's it is hard to watch sometimes yeah and i don't think that just because they showed her backstory that that means that the movie was by any means trying to say she didn't do all that shit now Mm. i think the movie was just trying to say here's the reason you can decide whether or not that's enough for you and for may it was yeah and empathy like she went through the same thing i'm going through and it's just one of those things that you know 
that she um sorry i lost my train of thought go ahead <laughs> i get i get i think i get where you were going with that like they were a hurt kid once mm -hmm. that's all it is yeah if, the, if that didn't resonate with you that's just another part of the movie that didn't that, that, that didn't work for you but it yeah. seems like they liked it outside of that so yeah and the next one is from women's voices for change by alexandra macaron from march 2022 and this website was for like promoting a more positive outlook and response to like menopause mm. so i thought that was like an interesting outlet definitely so they start with quote the new pixar film turning red has earned a mostly positive reception with a 95 percent fresh rating on critics at aggregator rotten tomatoes i say mostly positive because there is a small but extremely vocal minority out there finding a litany of faults with it according to social media naysayers this animated feature dares to depict girls disobeying their parents girls going to co-ed parties girls fantasizing about older boys girls listening to contemporary music and perhaps the most egregious inclusion of all you may want to sit down a girl getting her period for the first time end quote oh it's fantastic they fucking nailed it man they mm -hmm. nailed it why everyone has a fucking issue and why it's so fucking ridiculous why they do how dare we show something of a girl just not doing what she's told yeah <laughs> and literally <having> a period. <laughs> or <sighs> god i love it I love it. Perfect. <laughs> they also say, quote, besides the obvious menstrual metaphor, the panda represents every heightened emotion, anger, lust, joy, embarrassment, especially embarrassment, mm -hmm. that a girl might feel as she heads into the awkward hormonal minefield that is adolescence, end quote. Perfect. And a hormonal minefield is just a perfect way to describe it. Yes, it is. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> they also say, quote, both she and her co-screenwriter, Julia Cho, wanted to examine the mother-daughter relationship, which they felt was particularly strong and respectful, but also fraught with tension in the Chinese-American community, end quote. And then, quote, aside from its groundbreaking women-led creative team, feminist story, and messages, Turning Red is great fun to watch. It moves quickly, as most Pixar features do, and benefits from the voice talents of Golden Globe winner and Asian activist Sandra Oh as Ming and relative relative newcomer Rosalie Chang as Mei Mei, end quote. And then, quote, Turning Red does a lovely and loving job of celebrating Chinese-American culture. Mei Mei's schoolmates are racially diverse, and whether their parents or the aforementioned social media critics agree, generally respectful of each other and each other's culture. Yes, you might have to explain what menstruation is to younger viewers, although by no means does the film depict it graphically or even mm -hmm. in much detail. But shouldn't we be doing that anyway? Mm -hmm. The stigma of the red peony is ages old and crossed is most religious and cultural lines but given that it's experienced by roughly half the world's population it might be time to retire it end quote that's what i was saying earlier like mm -hmm. in no way does it show it graphically just like this person said yeah younger viewers are like oh yeah you might have to explain that to them i think that's fucking okay though because mm -hmm. like we already went into that but yes i think that this so far this is an amazing amazing review mm -hmm. this is summing up everything we've been saying yeah and i meant to bring this up earlier but think of something like Bluey mm -hmm. that talks about really, really tough topics with children. Mm -hmm. It's all about the way that you go about talking mm -hmm. about it. Yeah. You need to be honest, mm -hmm. but use language that they understand and is at the right level for them. That's all. I think my mom always said like tell them what they can handle at that time tell them what they'll understand exactly but they end with quote all in all the most important message to take away from turning red is that it's okay to change to feel strong emotions to take the time to become your true self even if the process is a little messy end quote it's more about coming into your own mm -hmm. than anything it's about growing up 
changing. Yeah. So we'll move on to the next review, which is from Alternative Lens by Jennifer Heaton, July 26th of 2022, who gave it an 8.5 out of 10, saying, quote, If people thought Luca was a strange change of pace and style for Pixar, it has absolutely nothing on Turning Red, which similar takes far, far more influence from Eastern animation than Western. Whilst Luca took obvious notes from the Studio Ghibli playbook, Turning Red is more like if The Farewell was also a shoujo anime, but it's an absolutely joyous, relatable, and heartfelt experience. Rosalie Chang and Sandra Oh give stellar vocal performances. The original early 2000s style boy band tracks from Billie Eilish are spot on, and its story is the honest and necessary reflection of what it feels like to grow up that kids' movies rarely show, just with, you know, a giant red panda. <laughs> My only annoyance with the movie is that I had to watch it on Disney Plus instead of getting to see it in a cinema, end quote. Yeah, the last bit. Mm-hmm. That's so funny. I did not know Billie Eilish until you told me earlier. That is so funny. I love that. Yeah. The next review I have is from Culture Vultures by Natasha Alvar from March 2022. Starting with, quote, I remember my horror when my mom discovered I was reading a Sweet Valley book entitled (laughs) Elizabeth's First Kiss. One's burgeoning interest in the opposite sex is not something you want your Asian parents to be privy to. End quote. Oh, bless her heart. (laughs) And then, quote, after Maylin suffers a humiliating encounter facilitated by her mother, she wakes up the next day to discover that she's turned into a red panda the fact that this transformation occurs after Malin demonstrates some interest in a cute boy makes the metaphor quite apparent it doesn't take a rocket scientist to know that it's meant to signify a certain coming of age event the fact that this red panda transformation is only passed down the female line adds credence to this however the metaphor also feels a bit muddled since most of her female relatives have banished the panda which doesn't make sense if it's meant to be symbolic of womanhood end quote Wait. i think it's more like vanishing this part of yourself that you you want to hide and i think like not explicitly being a woman but like you know being excitable or being obsessed with boy bands just you know being you know being being a woman in part actually Mm -hmm. the parts of womanhood that get made fun of Mm -hmm. the parts of being a teen girl that gets shut down and criticized that you have to hide away Mm -hmm. to be like accepted in society so i think it's a little a bit more than that yeah but I understand, I understand how that could be kind of lost in there, but... Mm-hmm. And then they end with, quote, Because of its subject matter, Turning Red may not appeal to everyone. Compared to Pixar movies like Soul, which offered commentary on life, purpose, and meaning, Malin's desire is a pretty niche one and may be hard for some of us to relate to. For those of us who grew up in the age of Tamagotchi and boy band mania, the film does stir up a certain sense of nostalgia. However, it speaks to a past version of me, not the person I am. Turning Red's a lot of fun to watch. It's got humor, heart, and the amazing vocals of Jordan Fisher. It just feels like a product of another time end quote that is something that i could say that we don't get a lot about movies that are like period pieces Mm -hmm. so they're like they're they're complaining about it yeah i think that's kind of weird this is a little bit before our time Mm -hmm. still relatable though i I don't think that's a good complaint the two complaints they really had kind of kind of felt like just grasping for something yeah like nitpicking yeah i sort of get what they're saying if you're looking at it for like it's a movie for kids now but think about all of the things that are that were made recently that are set in the 80s that's the whole thing and i'm sorry i watched movies that were yeah in the 80s and in the 90s and yeah kids are kids if you sit them down and yeah. to watch something they'll watch it if they like it they'll yeah. watch it like it's hard to make a movie about the time that we're in because we're in it and we're adults in it yeah 
we're not kids in it. No, and uh, I don't know. I think it's a dumb complaint. I don't. Yeah. Moving on to the last review that I have. This one was negative. Oh. And I apologize for ending on a negative one. Yeah. From Screen Zealots by Louisa Moore from March of 2022, um, saying, starting with quote, I had a strong negative reaction to Pixar's Turning Red, which actually surprised me. The film has the gold standard animation and technical proficiency audiences have come to expect from the studio, but the story and characters leave much to be desired. Just because the film should be commended for featuring more diverse representation and attempting to shatter what many considered a taboo topic doesn't automatically make it good. The end result is a film that's trying too hard, feels like it's aimed solely at giggling preteen girls, and features a very lazy metaphor for puberty and womanhood. End quote. You're dumb. Do you hate, do you hate women? You hate women. Misogynist. <laughs> Misogynist. You need to work on your internalized misogyny. Yeah. Pick me energy. <laughs> this, this is pick me energy. Yeah. But they also say, quote, the film gets off to a shockingly rough start. And if not for the quality of the visuals, it would be quickly indistinguishable from the garbage pile of other inferior animated movies. The script is thin. End quote. Making shit up now. Oh, well, if it wasn't for the animation, it'd be bad. No, it wouldn't. <laughs> no, it wouldn't. Just shut up they're just making up stuff because i like i can't even tell them why they're wrong they just are they just are yeah did you not see the movie go to therapy <laughs> go to therapy <laughs> i want to say that now every time someone disagrees with the movie you need to go to therapy you need to go to therapy and figure yourself out because <laughs> this is bigger than this movie whatever you're going through <laughs> really though yeah it kind of is a little bit this movie yeah mm-hmm they also say, quote, This thing is just plain weird. First, it features unexpected topics and themes for a Disney Pixar movie. It may be startling for some to hear such frank conversations about menstruation and becoming a woman. This may be the first mainstream animated movie to feature feminine hygiene products. Kids too young won't understand, but it may open the door to questions that some parents may not be ready to answer. It's too bad. The <laughs> too bad. You're a parent. Answer them. Answer the question. <laughs> It's terrific that the film attempts to shatter taboos about women's periods, but this is a bit of a surprising topic to see in an animated family movie. I realize this may make me sound uptight and like a prude, yes. but I assure you I am neither of those things because I feel like a parent should be aware. End quote. Um, prude. What do you what do you mean they have such frank topics about periods? Because they don't. I don't they, they don't. don't. They just You're making that up. You're fucking lying. The, they literally I don't even think they really even say it. They I don't just, think they even say the word period if No. I, I, they might i might be wrong i don't think they do and if they do it's very brief like they act like they have a whole fucking conversation when they do not no she just goes do you need do you need these yeah exactly it flashes for five seconds on the screen as a mother would you know yes oh my fucking god this person is a prude you're just lying Ooh, this one's making me angry yeah they're misrepresenting the movie it's disrespectful yeah. how do you call yourself a critic and you're just lying about shit in the movie you are lying yeah. and you are a prude and you are uptight and you are uptight but they end with quote the hardest thing for the movie to overcome and sadly it never does is how extremely annoying Maylin's character turns out to be not only does she have a throwaway grown worthy lines like my panda my choice mom yes really i i can't disagree with that that's just a cringy little line okay my panda my choice <laughs> i support it <laughs> But she is not a likable little girl. Maylin may have an enviable confidence, but it's not a good thing when your leading lady is super irritating. I couldn't wait for Turning Red to end just so I didn't have to spend time with her anymore. End quote. Oh my god, do you kick puppies too? <laughs> oh my god, this person's insufferable. Insufferable. You're not supposed to hang out with 13-year-olds, weirdo. <laughs> 
exactly like i don't you don't need to have an opinion on it yeah exactly but anyway yeah that was that was that review it was the most negative one i could find that was written by a woman and it was like i said it critics gave it 95 percent. yeah because it's a good movie other women got it this woman did not nope are you ready to move on to audience reviews i am the first review i have is a four-star review from letterbox from march of 2022 that says this movie is so unrelatable like in the in the annoying voice typing. Yeah. And then they say, you've never been embarrassed by your parents. You've never felt your parents were unfair. You've never lied to your parents. You never had a crush on anyone. You never felt out of place or awkward. You never had friends you'd do anything for. You've never been bullied or teased. You've never been obsessed over a musical artist. You've never gone through puberty. <laughs> Turning red may not be perfect, but if your criticism is that you can't relate to it, kindly exit stage lift kindly stop lying yeah that's what a lot of people sound like though when they're like that last review like she she, she was lying about stuff mm -hmm. yeah i feel like people are just i feel like people will just say anything like oh i, I did if i relatable no there's no way you did it you know a movie's doing something important if people are having to do backflips to shit on it uh-huh mm-hmm the next one is four and a half stars from March of 2022 that says, really appreciate how it captures the essence of being 13 and your mom discovering your cringy <laughs> anime inspired fan art. Oh, I want to move on. <laughs> <laughs> one out of 10 star review titled movie changes midway through from imdb from march of 2022 that says the beginning of the movie is a beautiful and cute description of life as a preteen but just around the halfway mark the storytelling basically stops and there's nothing but hammer blow subtle messaging if you agree with the message you may not dislike it as much but even you will have to concede the sloppy storytelling and dramatic shift in tone and i think they're talking about around the time when she attacks tyler Mm -hmm. But I think the dramatic shift, as they say, works with a story like this. It's the uh, climax of the uh, yeah, movie. That's, you know, they have this thing called the hero's journey. I don't <laughs> know if you know if about it. It. <laughs> it goes up, but it comes back, back down. down. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Usually around the middle, too. <laughs> yeah. Usually in the run length of the film, you can tell when the climax is happening is going to happen. Sometimes you fight your mom in the Sky Dome. <laughs> it happens. It happens. We've all been there. <laughs> The next one is four stars from April of 2022. Wait a minute. Those grown ass white men were bugging. This movie owns. Yes. Yes, it does. Mm -hmm. One out of 10 from IMDb titled Terrible from March of 2022. This is a terrible movie. One of the worst movies for kids I've seen. It has no identity, no theme, terrible plot and story. It tries to be Canadian, but there is no alignment or resemblance of Canadian culture. It's very confusing because it's based in Toronto, but seems it's based in on Chinese culture. It's just weird and confusing, and it simply makes no sense. It tries very hard to virtue signal and is layered with political messaging that you pick up on throughout. Has a girl's only vibe rather than unity and clearly makes an effort for a girl's only audience and that's something even my seven-year-old daughter picked up on which speaks to the foolish approach by the creators just awful and a major fail there's a lot to unpack here i don't know i'm sorry some people are proud of their fucking culture you weirdo also they make friends with tyler at the end they include him yeah if you're thinking there's overt political messages that are totally saying what you think there's you need to calm down step away step away from the media for a little bit yeah i'm sorry that this is for the girls how dare there be a movie with women in it <laughs> there's a bully and he's a boy and they hate him <laughs> but then they're friends with him at the end the horror i can hate this so fucking obnoxious <laughs> somebody think of the children <laughs> 
But we'll move on. We'll yeah. move on. My God, that was a lot to unpack in such a short paragraph, too. Yeah. Two stars from 2022 was a five out of 10. Then they said, my panda, my choice, and I cringed into the next <laughs> century. So now it's a four. Lots of people will like this. Lots will hate it. I just wish the dad was an actual character outside of the one scene in the third act. No, I think his scene is perfectly fine. It's not about father, daughter. You could argue like it could have been more if she had both parents in it. But really, I mean, it was focused on the mother and daughter relationship. And I think that's fine. I don't think dad needs to be an, also a main character thrown in there. Yeah. Some households, that's the dynamic. Mm -hmm. Also, the conflict isn't happening with the dad. Yeah, exactly. The conflict's happening with her and her mother. So naturally, her mother is going to be parent that is the main character and that we're dealing with. I do agree with the my panda, my choice. Oh, I understand. I do understand. That's probably why it's not going to be a 10 of this type of <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. One out of 10 from IMDb titled, Maybe Too Many Good Movies and Now This from June 9th of 2022. Meh, more like turning bad. The characters are way over the top and unlikable, especially the main character. She is often very rude. That with the strange story makes this movie just a bad definitely for Pixar. Every company has its good and bad movies. This one is very bad. I hope this doesn't happen too often because that comes at the expense of the quality of Pixar. We're like turning bad. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Four stars from March of 2022. There's a quote from John Mulaney that says, you remember being 12 when you're like, no one look at me or I'll kill myself. <laughs> yes, I definitely, I, I was thinking of that quote. Yeah. Two and a half stars, March 2022 on Letterboxd. And here I believed no animated movie could make food look as sexy and delicious <laughs> as Ratatouille. I stand corrected. I've never been more annoyed by a teenager in her friend group in my entire life, and that's saying something. May is so self-absorbed, and I just hated her character arc, as well as some peculiar, cringy messaging about puberty and sexual awakenings. Well, Zach, um... <laughs> teenagers are they're selfish they are self-centered that's what being a teenager is and then you grow up and hopefully do not yeah. hopefully you unlearn that you unlearn that or you outgrow that and you're like oh yeah there are other people around me <laughs> yeah three and a half stars from 2022 checked this out because i'd seen it compared to nichi ju it's not a patch on the greatest television comedy of all time but it makes do with being very charming and sweet and definitely the best directed disney pixar animation since the incredibles abandons the insane drive of the last five years towards photorealism in favor of a pleasantly pastel aesthetic and some genuinely dynamic character animation there are a couple very funny gags loved the main character's drawings of her crush inexplicably depict him as a merman and delightfully elastic sense of movement throughout it's definitely hyperactive in dealing with well-worn kids movie themes but i enjoyed this more than i've enjoyed one of these in a very very long time i do think it's some of the best pixar work in a very long time oh yeah definitely but also they came out with like back to back to back really 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 good ones mm -hmm. and then a three star from 2022 periods in my Pixar movie, the feminists are taking over. <laughs> I'm an adult virgin. <laughs> nah, that was a good one. That was a good one. Then the last review I have is from IMDb. It's a 10 out of 10, titled Summer Too Quick to Judge from March of 2022. It's disappointing to see how many low reviews there are with this movie when it did such a great job connecting to those who have dealt with strict moms. I personally like how this movie is a little different from most Pixar movies, with the animation being slightly related to anime, being more bold with the PG rating. Side note, PG 
PG doesn't always mean your eight-year-old is going to understand everything the characters are saying, and overall having fun with the awkward preteen characters. I encourage everyone to have an open mind with this movie. Even if it's not your new favorite Pixar movie, this movie did a fantastic job with connecting to those who can relate. Very true. Perfect way to put it. Yeah. But what would you give it if you had to rate it? Probably a 9 out of 10, honestly. One point for my panda, my shoes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) No, but seriously, this is a very fantastic movie. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I I think I would also say around 9 out of 10, probably for the same reason. (laughs) (laughs) My panda, my shoes. My panda, my shoes. Is there anything else you want to say about this movie? Um, no. So, if... You have any feedback for us or any critiques or any gripes if you have any movie suggestions for us feel free to message us on our instagram at easy big takes we also have a tiktok at easy big takes be sure to check out our website easybigtakespodcast.com where we post the transcripts and review overviews of every episode the same review overviews are over on letterboxd where you can follow us and don't forget to leave us a review wherever you listen follow us share us with a friend because it really helps us out a lot and thank you so much for listening my name's Kat. And I'm Riley. This has been Easy Bake Takes. Easy watching out there. Bye. Bye. Bye.